Let's go ahead. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you, Lord, in the words of Isaiah, I am a man of unclean lips, Lord. Use me, Lord, to bring your word, Lord. Allow me to be a mouthpiece for your word, Lord. Speak through me, speak for me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit down so that we may hear your word, Lord, so that that your spirit may open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, Lord, and to to preach and, and proclaim your gospel, Lord, open our mouths, Lord. Help me to decrease. Help me, Lord, to decrease so that you may increase, Lord. In the name of Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so you can turn to uh, Ezekiel 37. Uh, we're going to look at we're going to look at one through 14, but we're going to read from 11 through 14 this morning. So as you are turning there or clicking there, um, let me say a few things. First thing I want to say, I am not ready for Christmas. I don't even have a tree yet. So my wife was like, when are you going to get a tree? I said, well, I guess when I get back from East Ridge, I'll go get a tree, you know, but I feel like Chevy Chase, you know, I got to get the gloves on and strap the tree to the car with the rope. You know, I never thought how my father did it all these years, but like now I know. I'm not trying to be a Grinch about it. You know, it's just, I'm just a little lazy. I just want to let y'all know that. Um, Also, I want to really thank you guys for allowing me to come and preach the times that we're here. And I really want to congratulate you uh, with getting a brand new pastor. That is awesome. Um, I'm sure you will not, this will not be the last time you hear from me. And I don't, this, this is not the last time I want to hear from you guys as well. Um, so, okay. And now if you're not at Ezekiel by now, then, you know, that's just too bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So look, we're going to look at Ezekiel 1 through 14. But we're going to read 11 through 14, okay? So this is what it says. Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14, it reads, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people, and I will bring you to a land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. So the title of this sermon, you can call it live or life. However you want to say it, it's sort of the same thing. I don't know if anybody has ever, when you were in middle school or high school, you went to these parties. You know, these uh, after-school parties, 
And it, it seemed like it was kind of dry. You know, the music was playing, the boys were on one side, the girls were on the other side, everybody was shy, and sometimes the party's just real dry and dead. Until the right music comes on. Until the right music, and then everybody's like, oh, here we go. And, you know, the right music has to be playing to make a party live. Am I wrong? Y'all act like y'all never party before. Never mind. <laughs> you know, there was this movie. I, I, gotta, I gotta let you know that, if you haven't known before, that I am a geek. Okay, I love Marvel. I love DC. Even my iPad, like, uh, uh, folder has, like, Wayne Tech on it. So, if you don't know who Wayne Tech is, Bruce Wayne, don't talk to me. Okay. But no, so I'm a geek. I love DC. I love Marvel. I don't care about sports. So if you invite me over for sports, I'll come over, but I won't be good company. But I also love like vampires and werewolves, all that kind of stuff. I love all those kind of movies. And there was a movie that came out called Daybreakers. It came out a few years ago with William Defoe. Uh, uh, Ethan Hawke. Now, it, it's, it's a rated R movie. I don't condone all the violence and all that in it. Um, but the movie had an had a, had a awesome sort of perspective. 95% of the entire population were vampires. And they would live their lives at night. They would be on the subway going to work at night, getting their coffee like any other person. But they were all dead. They were all dead. And there were even some who were aware that they were dead. And they were like, you know what? I was a better person when I was alive. And some were like, I was a better person when I was, I'm, I'm a better now since I'm dead. And over 95% of the population and the rest of the population were human beings who were alive. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to that. When I lived in Baltimore, uh, I remember uh, uh, we lived in inner city Baltimore and we had all kind of activities. We had this activity and this activity for students, for adults, all these different things. And the main problem was none of these things were used as tools of grace to lead people to Christ. A lot of these things, and I admit I was part of, were only there to do something positive. Okay, but people were still dead because people didn't know Jesus. And I never get out the, the, when we got a new pastor at that church like you did. A great pastor, great mentor. He told me we can have all the activities we want for our students. We can create football leagues and basketball leagues and this and that. And our students will be bouncing the basketball going straight to hell. People didn't like that, but it was true because Though they had a lot of positive things, people were still dead and dry. We, you know what? None of us here are vampires. You know, not that I know of. But, but we can still be dead and dry. We can still be part of church activities, part of different things, and we know nothing about Jesus. Some of us will grow up in the church and, and go to church every Sunday and will never come to know the Lord and we're still dry bones. Is that you today? 
Do you have friends and family that you know are dry, that you know are dead, that you know are scattered? And some of us think that if just this family member or this friend can just get this together, maybe they will be life. And I'm here to tell you that only through the spirit of God can we live and have life. Only through the spirit of God can we live and have life. Emphasize the only. You know, this passage that we're going to look at is about Israel. This is the state of Israel right now. And Israel was once part of the covenant of God. And because of their sin, their idolatry, they were cut off. And because of judgment, they were exiled to Babylon. And Babylon also conquered them. And so this, is, this was their state. And just like the passage says, they were in a state of hopelessness. Meaning they were dry, that they were cut off. The, the, the lifeblood is gone. And during the exile, God in his infinite wisdom calls Ezekiel. And, he, it, 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 and this is where we come to our text. Okay, so verse one through four, we're going to look at that. I got four points. So the first point we're going to look at today is uh, no life through man. That's the first point. No life through man. Let's look at verse uh, one through four. Okay, Ezekiel 37, one through four, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones and he led me around among them and behold, there was a, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to them, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, oh God, you know. So the Bible tells us that Ezekiel was taken by the Holy Spirit into a vision, into a place of a, a vision of a valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel looks around and he sees the desolate valley of scattered, dried bones. Now imagine this scary sight. Though it was a vision, it's, it's like a nightmare, right? Can you imagine being in a, and we all have had bad dreams, but can you imagine in a dream seeing a valley of dry Bones scattered in a place of desolate and death. It is not a good place to be. But this was the state of Israel. This, this, this is what sin looks like. Or the result of sin, this is what it looks like. It's not good, is it? This is, this is what it looks like to be cut off from God. We might live in a world where people are living good and they don't have God. And you might think, well, they're living good. That's just a bunch of fig leaves. They, they're really dead, scattered and desolate and dry. That is, that is sin. This word valley that's used in this context, it, 
it, it represents a, a desolate, a wasteland, empty darkness, or a state of something, a state of ruin. I heard one pastor say, we're supposed to pass through the valley. Psalm, what was it? Psalms 93? Though I walk through the valley, is that the right one, right? 23, I'm sorry. See, I would have got that wrong on my licensure exam and I would have gotten in trouble. All right, Psalms 23, I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, right? One pastor said, you're supposed to pass through it, not live there, not stay there, not be in it. But this is what Israel was. They were in it. And this is what it's like to be without God. There's no life. I don't care what you do. There's no life in it. And God gives this rhetorical question to to, to Ezekiel in verse 3. He says, son of man, can these bones live? And I love how God uses son of man because son of man simply means human being. That's all it means. Jesus uses it in a different way. But son of man simply means just a regular person. So God is saying, you who are human, can, this, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers like, well, from this, only you know, Lord. Only you have the answer. I like how God is bringing attention to human limitations. It seems like God is letting Ezekiel know that he uh, he above all and only can the one who can do this. You can't do it, Ezekiel. You can't do it. Man can't do it. Man can't bring life. Ezekiel is saying that only God has the knowledge and the power to bring life from the dead. And we need to know that hope and life comes through the will, the strength, Excuse me, that we need to know that life does not come through the will, the ability, and the strength of man. There is nothing that you can offer when it comes to salvation, but more death. That sounds kind of mean, right? Well, read your Bible. I didn't say it. God said it. You know, there's nothing good that we can do when it comes to salvation. We cannot bring life the way God brings life. We can't do it. So God is saying, Ezekiel. Can these bones live, bro? Ezekiel's like, only you know, Lord. That's right. But Ezekiel doesn't know. Our second point, God's word brings life. God's word brings life. Or it can bring life. We'll say it. Verses four through six, it reads, look at verse four through six. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinew upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And here is where God tells Ezekiel, to prophesy over these bones. And and he tells them for them to hear the word of the Lord. Romans 10, 14 through 15 reads that how then will they, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We believe that God's word is inerrant, is incapable of being wrong, and it's infallible. It is trustworthy. You can rely on it. Then if that's the case, what God is saying about these dry bones, it must be true. It must be God's word. The Bible that we are reading today is God's word. It's inerrant. And it's infallible. You can rely on that. Because whatever God says, he's going to do. That's why you got to be careful sometimes. I talk to my friends about be careful of prophets today who say, well, God told me, well, and I would always tell them, are you sure? If they say they don't know, it's not absolute. Something's wrong. Little sidebar. Just want to be, just want, just want to let you know that whatever God says is going to happen. It's his word that's going to bring life we're going to go to my third point so I can speak more about this point about the second point the third point is following God's commands brings life following God's command brings life Let's look at it. Seven through ten. This is what it says. So I prophesy as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and behold, there was sinew on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesy as he was commanded, and the breath came onto them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Verse 7 says that, verse 7, Ezekiel said, so I prophesy as I was commanded. And, and, and he says, and as, as I prophesied, there was a sound, a behold, of, 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 of rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. And what am I saying? That there is no life through man, but God uses us as his agents to glorify the Lord. And we have to do what he commands of us to do. God is asking Ezekiel, think about this, to speak to dry bones, to dead things. Can you imagine Ezekiel speaking to, all right, guys, let's get it together. Come on, God to him. That, that would look kind of funny. Huh? I looked kind of funny doing it, didn't I? Right? So imagine how he would look. God is at telling him, commanding him to speak to dry bones, to speak to the dead. It's ironic that those who are called to preach and, and those who are proclaiming God's word to friends and family, we're constantly speaking to the dead sometimes, aren't we? We're called to do that, aren't we? But... And sometimes it can get frustrating. Frustrating because 
We want people to know. So, so in our frustration, in anger, we try to do new things and try to augment God's word to bring people to the Lord. Does that make sense? We try to add things to God's word to make people come instead of doing what we are commanded because deep down inside we truly don't believe sometimes that dry bones can actually come back from the dead. Let me give you an example. It's, it's, you see it all the time. Prosperity gospel, right? If you do this, then God will do this. Oh, okay. Health and wealth. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to have a big house. He wants you to have a nice job. Just serve him. You're augmenting and changing God's word. Because for some apparent reason, sometimes we think the gospel that we are commanded to teach and preach is not enough. That's kind of funny, huh? But we all go through it. (laughs) The funniest thing I've ever seen, you can go on YouTube Right now, not right now, because I'm preaching. You can go to YouTube and type in pastor on a high wire. And there is a video of a pastor coming on a high wire in a big church. And he's on a high wire coming down, preaching, saying, this is how the Lord is going to come back. And he's coming down on this high wire. And he's like, if you're not ready, and I'm like, How much money? How much money did it cost? And then when he gets to the end, he doesn't come down to the podium. He sort of spins around like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to be ready. And I'm thinking, it looks kind of stupid, right? But I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking in my mind, how much effort did it take to go into this when you could just preach the gospel. How much effort? I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot stand Joel Osteen. Y'all know who Joel Osteen is? I don't call him pastor. I don't think he's a pastor. He doesn't proclaim the gospel. I'm sorry. Because he, he tends to add things into Baba that are not there to bring people to what he thinks is the gospel. What's the matter with just preaching the gospel and doing what God commands us? My students, my, my, you know, I do RUF. My students said, Mr. Joel, you know, it's, it's, I think it'll be amazing to see miracles that God can do. I said, do you want to see a miracle? See what the power of the gospel can do when bringing people back from the dead. That is a miracle. That is power. That people who are once dead can be brought back by the power of God. That's, I said, look for that. Because that's where it is. That's the key. And I understand. I get it. We want to augment certain things because it's so funny preaching to the dead. It looks stupid. But yet God commands us. And what happened? Bones begin to rattle. Now, we might talk to our friends and our families and we might preach. And we might not see bones rattle in our time. But they might rattle later. The Holy Spirit will remind them of that word that was preached or that word was taught to your son or to your friend, to your coworker, and those bones begin to rattle and God begin to do something later in their life. But we are called to be faithful to it just like Ezekiel was called to be faithful to it. Amen? We got to be faithful to that. 
Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.2 teaches, says, tells us, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instructions. 1 Corinthians 2.27 reads, but God has chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. When Ezekiel preached and prophesied what he was commanded, the Bible says the bones begin to rattle, that things begin to come together. I really want you to imagine this in your mind because the, the, the body is not just bone and skin. It, it's blood, it's muscle, it's, it, it has different circula- the circulatory system, all different systems are coming together. Imagine Ezekiel seeing this dust that is on the ground rise up in a tornado and become a femur. And from that femur, another bone and another bone, and they're standing, and, and, and next to you know, there's, there, there's skin and veins and, and circle. I mean, imagine these things are coming to life. That's the power of God, that he's able to take, bring up what was destroyed, obliterated into nothing and make it something. You and me can't do that. Only God can bring somebody who is shattered. We know people in our lives who are shattered. We know it. We might be shattered today. And we're wondering and thinking, can God really bring me back? It's way too far gone. Have you ever seen dusty bones? I haven't. I don't want to. But it, it lets me see that these bones have been, have been dried and dusted for a very long time. And it's amazing that it's never too late for the Lord. Whenever he says he's ready, he's ready. It's not. Can these dry bones live? We have to believe that and know that. He's faithful, even when we're not. God doesn't want just to inform us. He also wants to transform us. These bones are being transformed. God is, gonna, God is transforming you. That's what he wants. And that's what we want for other people. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the spirit. And this is amazing because it seems so awesome that all these bones are coming together and they're all upright. You can imagine bodies like this. But, there's, but the Bible says, but... There was no life. That's, wait a minute. I thought that this was, no, God's like, there's still no life. And God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the spirit or pray. Pray to the spirit that they may live. And and again, the Bible says, I did what I was what? Commanded. And I prayed. And the Bible says they lived and stood on their feet, a great army, meaning they were strong. They were prepared. There was life. They were on one accord. Without the spirit, through God's word, there is no life. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Though through hearing the word 
God's word, the spirit convinces us, convinces of our sin. It renews our wills and that enables us to embrace Christ. This is the work of the spirit. Let's go to our last point. Last point is Jesus is life. Jesus is life. This breath that Ezekiel is talking about is the Holy Spirit. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, breath means wind or spirit or Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit in this thing. Flip over, flip over to Ezekiel 36, one chapter back, Ezekiel 36. This is how you know it is the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28, it reads, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and you will and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. This prophecy is about the new covenant. This is a new covenant God is talking about here. And we know that the new covenant is through Jesus Christ. And without the life of Jesus, there is no life in the spirit. And he's not just talking about Israel by blood. He's talking about Israel by faith. It's about, he's talking about us too in here. Go back to Ezekiel 37. 11 through 14. We've already read 11 through 14. Now let's break down 11 through 14. And God lets Ezekiel know that these scattered bones are Israel, like we said. It's hopeless, right? That, that he will bring them back and put his spirit in them. He's going to do a new thing. And that new thing, again, is through Jesus Christ. For Israel to be brought back from the grave, And be given the Holy Spirit, someone must be put in the grave. If I don't know who I'm talking about by now, well, you know, just keep listening. Someone must face death, become dry, and be scattered so that we may have life. Jesus is the one who died and has given us a heart of flesh. I think my favorite thing to at the verse 14 is, then you shall know that I am the Lord. I love that. You shall know that it was me who did it. It wasn't your mama. It wasn't your father. It wasn't your political stance. It wasn't your ethnicity. It wasn't your intelligence. It wasn't your school. It wasn't how much you know about the Westminster. It wasn't your, it was the Lord that did it. It was the Lord that brought you here this morning. It was the Lord that woke you up and said, come to church because because I want the Holy Spirit to work through you. It was the Lord that saved your children, that saved your friends and your family. It was the Lord. Don't give anybody else any credit. Did Ezekiel take any credit? No. He just did what he was commanded to do. And at the end, it was the Lord who's going to do this. 
when your friends and your family come to the Lord and they come to the altar and they come and they give life to the Lord, we got to give God the glory. And don't be afraid to tell that. Do not be afraid to tell people it wasn't me. Don't be afraid to do that. People don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that it was the God thing. Well, too bad. You're going to hear it anyway. Don't be afraid to tell people that it was the Lord that brought you from here to there. And he's continued. Don't be afraid to do that. Tell people that it was God because you never know what you might be saying. They might say, the Lord, tell me more about this guy, this God you're talking about. Don't be saying, well, you know, I passed because of my intelligence and my brain. You forgot who made the brain? It was my, you know, my, 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 my Harvard education or, or I went to Clemson or I went to state or I went here. And I'm like, you forgot who built those things. Don't be afraid to tell people it was the Lord that brought me when I was dead and out, when I had nothing. When things are just falling apart and when somebody's going to ask you one day, how is it that your children are the way they are? And you got to be honest. I was a bad parent, but because of the Lord, he helped me and helped me to become a parent that he wants me to be because I need to reflect him. Do not be afraid to do that. Let's look at some application. What about you and me? I mean, we're never going to go into a vision and and see a valley of dry bones. Hopefully you won't, you know. Um, But what about us? What what does that have to do with us? One thing I want to say is stop looking for life outside of God. Stop looking for life outside of God. Am I saying don't enjoy things? No, I'm saying don't use those things as a substitute to bring you life and redemption where it will not. Don't do that. Life outside of God will only bring, uh, 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 it will not bring satisfaction and fulfillment, but it will bring a satisfaction and fulfillment of pain, misery, and decay. It will bring that. Again, it seems like People are doing okay without God, right? It, it feels that way. Well, they're doing okay. Oprah's doing pretty okay without God. I'm telling you, those are not but fig leaves. I mentioned that before. What did Adam and Eve do when they sinned? They got some fig leaves because they were shame. And people might be doing good. They're wearing a bunch of fig leaves. A bunch of fig leaves. But under those leaves, they're just shame. Dry, dead bones. And all God's going to do is shed all them leaves. That's all he's going to do. He's going to get his, uh, what is it called? The little blower, the leaf blower. His whole leaf blower and go, woo, see? Now you know why you need me. Now let me go get my rake. See, it's, that's what, I know it sounds funny, right? But that's what he's going to do. Stop looking for life outside of God. Christ wants to transform you. We might do the same thing. We might have our own fig leaves that we have, guys. Because we believe that maybe if we do it ourselves, that maybe I can find life. Maybe I'll get better if I just do this one, Lord. I, I got this one, Lord. Let Pass me the ball. So God wants to pass the ball to the one that's dead. Or he's going to pass it to his son, Jesus. I got it. We do that sometimes. Subconsciously, 
subconsciously, we'll say to ourselves after a bad argument, like I might have with my wife, you might have with your wife or your husband, after a bad fight with your children, a neighbor, in our minds sometimes we'll say, I'm going to handle this one. We don't always go straight to our knees and talk to the Lord, do we? I know I don't. There were times when I waited a whole week and the Lord's like, you ain't come to me yet? You still trying to try on all them fig leaves in the dressing room? Well, this might work this week. No, no. That's what we do, right? Let's be honest. When we get into a bad state, we don't always run to the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, you can because there's life. And the Holy Spirit has to remind me that it's me that brings life, not you. So when I'm arguing with my wife and getting into it with my wife and I'm trying to fight back because I want to win, because I feel like if I win, I have life. All it's going to do is bring pain and separation. And the Lord is over here just doing this. I'm waiting for you. No, it don't work that way. I got to go to the one that will bring life. And don't be afraid to tell people who are in the same state, go to Christ, go to God. Let me show you. Next point, next application. Hold on to God even in your darkest hour. Even in your darkest hour. I don't know your life. I don't know your life stories. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're, again, your friends. I don't know, but there will be some times or there has been times when it's been very dark. And it seems that the Bible just ain't working. Church ain't working. God is not working. And it's been years. I remember I, I, I led a house church Bible study. Most of them are college students. And I said, and it was coming from Philippians, where Paul finds joy in being in Christ, though he was in jail. And I give them a question. I said, what if your life consistently goes down? Will you still have joy in the Lord? And one student says, that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of that. Because I don't know what that looks like. And we had to mention that every disciple, their life kept doing this. But the joy in God kept doing this. Paul didn't get better. He didn't get out of jail and said, I'm back, guys. No, he didn't. His life went just like this. Every disciple, even John, Revelation, just like this. Exiled on the island of Patmos, just waiting to die in his life. But the joy in the Lord kept growing. So if your darkest hour is still this, still this, if you lost your job, if you don't have a house, if you end up homeless, if whatever happens, things go wrong, you lose a loved one, and your life just constantly does this, constantly and constantly and constantly, are you still going to hold on to the Lord? Are you still going to hold fast to him? The one that said, I will bring you back to the land and I will put a new heart in you. Are you still going to hold on? And if you don't, if you say, Lord, I'm out, that's okay because he's faithful. He's going to hold on to you even when you don't want to hold on to him. That's the kind of God we serve, that when you are quick to give up, he doesn't. He doesn't back off of his promises. That's the kind of God we serve. Hold on to the power of God even in your darkest hour. Trust the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, out of, out of the uh, 14 verses 
I will is said six times. Breath is said six times also. Ezekiel as a servant is only mentioned when he has to do something. I will is mentioned six times in this passage. And his breath is mentioned. What is that saying? That it's God who, is, who needs to be trusted in this passage. I will do all the work. You see the same thing in Exodus 3. When God is talking to Moses, I will do this. I will. I heard their pain. I heard the suffering. I, I, I. Moses, you just need to go and tell them what I say. That's it. Are you dead today? I got to ask, are you dead today? And I'm here to tell you that God will bring you back if you want him to. He will do it. Not you, he will do it. I mentioned earlier about the movie Daybreakers with the vampires. Again, if you want to watch, you can, but it's, it's rated R. But... The, yeah, it's read it off. Yeah. But the movie, 95% of the vamp war were vampires, but they were also, I didn't mention that they were dying because there was no more food population. They were feeding off of humans, but there was only 5% of humans left, which is about 500,000 people, I believe. And they were in hiding, scattered all over the world. And they were dying. And they began to try to find solutions to not die because they were all going crazy. And Ethan Hawke was trying to figure out, well, let's figure out what we're going to do. And, and, and William Defoe comes to him and says, I have a way that you can live, not die, but live. And he found out that William Defoe used to be a vampire, but now he's alive. He's alive. He's against being dead. And he says, the way I, the way I was brought back was I, was I had a certain amount of exposure to the sun. I know it sounds funny, and that's what happened. So Ethan Hawke had exposure to the sun, and he became alive. And you know what's so funny? When, they, when he comes back alive, he inhales. Because for the first time in years, he's breathing. There's actually breath in his body because he's never done it before. He actually feels the cold on his body. He feels the sun. He actually feels because now he's alive. And so he goes to the bad guy. There's always a bad guy in these movies, right? There's always some guy at the top, you know. And to him, he's like, there's no problem with being dead. I'm, I feel powerful when I'm dead. And so what he does is he bites Ethan. He bites him. But Ethan is a human. And the guy begins to twitch, and he begins to breathe. He, he starts to breathe, and now he's alive. And Ethan tells him, there's life in the transformed blood. There's life in the blood. And this new blood that I was given, there's life. What am I saying? There's life in the blood of Jesus. Through his blood, there can be breath. But someone had to die. Someone had to bleed. Someone had to be buried. Someone had to be nailed to the cross so that we can breathe again, so that we can have life. But his life was extinguished so that our life can, so that we can come back from the dead. But he didn't just stay dead. He resurrected. He resurrected. And in his resurrection, he has, he, 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 is, he, he has overpowered death. That means it no longer holds him and it doesn't need to hold you. 
that you and me can come back from the grave because there's power in his blood. Y'all probably going to try to go watch the movie, aren't you? All right. Don't let little children watch it. And the reason is because there is only life, only through the spirit of God, we can live and have life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus that comes and justifies. And thank you, Lord, for your spirit that that sanctifies and changes us and, and, and allows us to come back from the dead, Lord. Lord, we, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do here at East Ridge with the new pastor and, and how, how you have blessed him to preach your word, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would continue, continue to bring life so that we could go out into the world, of uh, a world that is dead. And through you, we want them to see your life, Lord, through us. In the name that we pray, we thank you. Amen.